This is Gino Caparelli, and I'm the newest member of the Freestyle Club. Look at that. Professional. <laughs> you must be a producer. I've done those before. <laughs> yeah. This is Freestyle Club with your hosts, the unknown admin, Rafael Reyes, and CPR, Jose Ortiz. Hello and welcome. Welcome to this week's edition of the Freestyle Club. My name is CPR Jose Ortiz, and I'm being joined by the unknown admin, Rafael Reyes. What's good, you bastards? Joining us this week, Gino Caporali, and he's from 418 Music. They have great announcements that have been made uh, recently. We're here with him to discuss freestyle, his background, and of course, to discuss his current and future projects. So, Gino, welcome. Thank you for having me, DPR. Raphael, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on the show. I love the show. I watch the show, and I'm excited to be here. Well, we're glad that you're here. Uh, tell us a little bit about your freestyle career. Heavy freestyle had at the age of 18 years old. I started DJing. Believe it or not, bars. I stayed, say to my mother now, which, how'd you make me work in a bar at 18? But I was working in bars and clubs when I was younger. And, you know, I, I bought a, I remember buying a Cynthia record. And and I started DJing at the age of 18. I was able to get into a big club in Philadelphia. I was able to get on Q102, Club 102. So at the age of 19, I had a four-hour mix show on an FM station. Things just blew up from there. I became a Billboard reporter, started to get in production. I was DJing one night. And the bartender said to me, I have this kid, Adam Morano, downstairs. He has a song for you. He wants to come up and play you. So here comes Adam Morano, and he has a cassette. And, he, and the dance floor is packed. It's like a thousand people at the club. And he asked me to play the cassette. And I said, I can't play it right now, but I'll listen to it in the headphones. I listened to it. And it was Then Came You by TPE. It, it did not have a female on the hook. So I said, listen, let's meet up tomorrow and we'll check it out. My cousin knew another girl who knew somebody and it ended up being Deneen. And we signed Deneen to do the Then Came You record. And it just blew up all over radio which helped me and my name now become a producer. Record blew up. We started Deneen. We started Collage. I ended up marrying Deneen. We have two kids. We're no longer married, but we're great friends. My freestyle career was, was amazing, man. You know, even to this day, what I'm doing now with my other label, it all started with freestyle. Freestyle doesn't happen. I'm not even in the music business. I mean, I was always a good DJ, but freestyle has always been my heart. And here we are, you know, 30 years later, and from the success of 418 Music, I sort of got the itch to to start back in the freestyle game. And now we have uh, 418 Freestyle that's going to make its debut on 418 April 18th with a single. It's going to be, you guys already know it, but we made a couple little changes. The first single is going to be Carlos Barrios' first Sammy Zone featuring George Lamont, K7 and C-Bank. It's the running redo. We're excited about that. And um, that's where we're going to start. We have a few other records, but that's just a short little snippet of my of my career and how I became, you know, who I am, I guess, if, you, if I am anybody. <laughs> you were on a 12-inch record. Uh, I saw one on a Viper one time. It said Gino Caporelli. And yeah. it said Destiny. I've always remembered that name. Now, you're not actually singing the song, right? No, I produced the whole thing. 
Adam is actually singing the song from Collage. You know, what happened with us back in the day is we were signed to Micmac. We we wanted to, we didn't want just one song out. So we said, okay, let's 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 put something under your name, Gino, and let's put something under Shane, and we put something under something else. And it was always Adam and Deneen singing the hooks, and then Stephanie, Stephanie Morano also. And so we put, and I, I started to, to think about this record. I said, should do a song named Destiny. Well, an hour later, Adam had it written. And we were in a studio at the Polygon back in the day in Jersey. And uh, we produced it in like two days. And uh, we put it under my name because I was really hot as a DJ at that time. That shit just blew up. I mean, I remember, you know, all over Texas and L.A. and New York and Miami. But yeah, that's my single. And everybody, you, you, you have no idea how many inboxes I get. Are you uh, Gino Caprelli who sang Destiny? I got <laughs> to tell the whole story. I can't sing. You know, this is me, but yeah, that's, that's me. People still say it now. It's funny when you go on Spotify and I had a lot of decent house records out. When you look at the bottom, it says, Gino is compared to these people and it's all freestyle people. It's <laughs> funny. And then my, 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 uh, my record comes up, my destiny record comes up. So yeah, that's, that was me. Why are all the faces of uh, Adam Arana, why different names? Why that concept? Because after a while, there were a lot of people that were getting upset about it. Yeah, you know? I agree. And, and he knew that. I think because, you know, we were so eager at the time. You know, we were spoiled. I was working on Q102, so I had the ability to play a song in the mix show. And then I had a program director named Pam Grunt who believed in freestyle and saw what I was doing in Philadelphia. So we had our first record, TPE, through the roof. We had I'll Be Loving You through Baby I Love You. Like, everything just blew up. So when Adam signed with Micmac, it was like, you can only be here under, under TPE or collage. So we had to think of it. We were dumb and eager and just wanted more music out. So, you know, Adam was the writer and sort of like the boss of everything. And he just started doing different things, you know. And I, I didn't believe in a lot of it. And I, and I said to him, look, things are starting to sound the same. And maybe we need to change it up. But I got to be honest with you, there was some method to his madness. It just started that like all our Viper hip parades were selling through the roof, the CDs and the 12 inches. So I, I didn't sort of agree with that. And, and it was tiring at the time. But, you know, when you're young and you're making money and, and you're selling 12 inches and CDs and, and, you know, you're 21 and you're making so much money a week and music, you're like, wow, you know, so. So we were young, putting out 20 records at a time, you know, thinking that was the way to do it. And we were making money when you're, you know, 21 years old and you're making so much money a week that you've never made in your life. And your records are all over the radio. You just want 20 records out at a time. And, you know, when you get older, you realize that's not the way to do it. But we were dumb and stupid and smart at the same time because we made money. And at that time, that's what we wanted. You know, it's that's what we equaled success as. All right. How are we going to make money? All right. Are we going to go away from and listen, I am a avid freestyle guy. I mean, I'm a tear shed guy, MKG, um, old school underground. You know, I don't like the poppy freestyle. I mean, I know you have to do it. And we did a lot of it, but I was more of the underground guy. So I hate it going against what I believed. But Adam was a smart guy. We didn't always do the right thing, but we always managed to get on the road. And, uh, and make money. But yeah, you think back now and every song sounds the same. So, you know, I understand now, but I didn't understand that. You said that back then you made a lot of money. Were you signed or were you, you know, officially 
Under contract? Yeah, Adam was under contract with McMack. And then we were also talking to Jerry from Metropolitan, who we ended up opening Viper under Metropolitan. So Adam was actually signed for two years. I was more of a DJ and producer. And so I was able to do things for other people. I did a track for Timmy T. You know, I had all the Deneen stuff. I had um, Angela Garcia. You know, I had a lot of those tracks that came out of Philly. Jamie, a lot of the Philly stuff I had, but Adam was signed. I never wanted to do that. I wanted to freelance and, and do what I want because I, I didn't like to be tied down at the time. You work with Adam Morano, and I'm sure that you worked with other uh, producers and engineers. Any chance, I, I know for Adam, it's probably a big no, but any chance that you work with any of those guys from the past, like maybe uh, Federici or, or one of the other guys? I mean, I would work with Rob again. I'm, I'm still friends with Rob. Adam, nobody sees him. That's what I hear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, nobody sees him. And I mean, I'd like to work. I mean, I, I worked with the guys from Tasmania back in the day, too, but not a lot of them are in the business anymore. I would work with Frederici again. But, you know, now I'm stuck on, you know, we have the, the 418 office, which is about maybe 10 miles from where Rob is. We're in Jersey, but, you know, we have our, our own studio in there. And I have Mr. Meg, who's a partner in our production company. He's multi-platinum. He has. So I think if I'm going to do freestyle again, I think it's going to be the people in the office, the people that I trust. But I would definitely do something with Rob again and Adam, too. But like I said, you can't find them. How can we get this far in the conversation and not mention your partner, Mr. Miggs, man? The dude is incredible. I mean, I've been hearing his name and, and listening to the music that you guys put out. I'm like, man, these guys know what they're doing. And, and uh, it's not freestyle. Uh, but, you know, if you're into dance, you know, you know the names. I'm not the kind of guy to say it. it. Took me a long time to be to say this, but we are the best independent dance label in the country, and it's not because Billboard said it. We just are, and it has a lot to do with him. I own the label, and my wife owns the label with me. Mig is my A and R. You know, I have Marissa Urbano who who does my social media, my marketing. You have JD Amber. I mean, we have a great team. Rob Schwartz who does videos. Mig is my partner in production and in our headhunters promotion as a promotion company too. When you see him work in the studio, I mean, when it comes to vocals, mixing a vocal, he is just amazing. I can't get over when I was first introduced to him. There was this India single that was released. It was Seduce Me. And when I heard that Mr. Meg uh, remixed to Seduce Me, I was like, wow, this is great. And I played it on my freestyle show because yeah. it blended so well in the show. Yeah. But um, uh, ever since that song, I've always looked out for music by Mr. Meg. And I've always, like, if he did that type of style, you know, throughout the years, I would play whatever he, he produced. So I'm, I'm a fan, and I'm sure that Ralph is as well. Yeah, we're working on some really incredible freestyle tracks now, him and myself. Like I said, we have three tracks already done. They're going to come out each month. We're going to release a track right now. That's going to be the goal to release one, one track a month. That's how we started with 418 Music, and now we're doing seven tracks a month. I think we're going to start with one and, and myself and Meg are producing a couple of tracks right now. And listen, it's freestyle, but it's so hard and so fresh. Like I said, it's not future freestyle. And I understand where they're trying to go with that. And I respect those guys and those guys are dynamite. And I love Dark Intensity's production. But I, like I, I said before, I want the classic sound. I just want to update the classic sound and make sure the vocals are amazing. There's going to be new elements. There's going to be new sounds but it's going to be bright and heavy. And when it's mastered, that's what I want it to be. I want to come out with freestyle that is going to help the genre grow, you know, and with somebody like Meg, look, when you have a Carlos Barrios <laughs> as a partner 
and a Mr. Mig right in your office, I don't know how I can lose. Let's elaborate more on 418 Freestyle. You announced that uh, you were uh, coming out with 418 Freestyle and you have a roster of a few artists. Artists yeah. that are already on Billboard. You have Aki Star, yeah. Spanish Fly, who's going to be part of that. Uh, Sammy yeah. Zone, who has the backing of Carlos Barrios. Now, how mm-hmm. did the combination of Carlos Barrios, Sammy Zone, Aki Star, and whoever else is involved get together to make this 418 label? Stephanie Bennett actually talked. Uh, I think Carlos reached out to Stephanie because they were talking and said, I know Gino from back in the day, but we really don't know each other. I can't believe how well he's doing. Can you give me an introduction? And Carlos old school. He knows production. He's amazing. But he wanted to see how he couldn't believe how well we were doing Spotify and social media and everything else. So Stephanie said, you come down to the office. I jumped on the phone with him. We started talking about when he came out with Lizette and I was a DJ in Atlantic City. And and he him and he said, I got this track running and I want to bring Sammy Zone in. And one day we just we just made a meeting and he came in and we were all there. And, you know, first of all, when he walks in, I'm in awe and I'm not in awe of a lot of people because, like I said, I'm a freestyle guy. So when you have somebody who came in, who changed the game and started the new school. And I was a DJ then and a producer. It was like Jesus walking in the door. You know what I mean? Because I respect him so much. And we just started talking. And, and I said, look, just watch us work. You know, it was Billboard Day. I think it was a Thursday. And we were getting records added to radio stations on Billboard charts. He said, can we walk into the other room? We walked in the studio. He said, I've been in and out of the business the last 10 years. And I keep getting out because I'm not with the right person. I want to be a part of what you're doing. He said, I want you to hear running. So at the time, I didn't hear running yet. And we played it on the system. And I just heard it. And that was always one of my favorite tracks anyway. I heard it and I was like, wow. I'm going, listen, if you jump in, this needs to be the first single. Because it's familiar. The label's familiar. The song's familiar. I think it's a good first track for us. And then he had said it was out and people had heard it. But he had 12 inches out. But he needs somebody to take it over digitally. And I explained to him what we're going to do. And I met Sammy Zone for the first time. And he's a great dude. And I, I couldn't believe how amazing his vocals were. And then, you know, he goes, here comes George Lamont on the song. And I'm like, what? And here comes K7. And here comes C-Bank. You know, again, to me, when I'm a kid, those names were like gold to me. So I was like, all right, I want to do it. I spoke to my wife, who's my partner. She's uh, in marketing. She does all our digital marketing. She does all our graphic design. She's a super smart woman, not because she's my wife, but she said, look, here's what we need to do. Let's open up another label. And it was easy. It was like, we want to keep the 418 in there, but we want to, what are we going to name it? What's it going to be? It's going to be freestyle. So she said, let's do same logo with the word freestyle. Let's have it the same as what we're doing with the success with 418. At that day, the next day, when people saw the picture with Carlos, they all started to inbox me, you know, Aki and this one and that one. I don't want to name other names because they're pretty big artists. You know, what are you doing with Carlos? What are you doing with Carlos? So we kept it on the hush. And uh, I always knew Aki my whole life and always liked Aki. I mean, if you don't like Aki, something's wrong. He's a nice guy. He's a great dude. And he's like, I want to know what you're doing. I'm coming down to, to New York. I want to take the train up. Let's have dinner. So I took him to dinner about three weeks ago and he said, how can I get involved? I said, you know, I'm looking for one more partner because I have a lot going on with, my, with the regular label, the freestyle label. I, I'm smart. I like to surround myself with 
people to know what they're talking about. So, okay, on the East Coast, I have a legend. I have Carlos Barrios. I need something on the West Coast. Now we have Aki. Aki comes in. We're going to open up an office in San Francisco. So Aki's going to have the San Francisco office here and control the West Coast and, you know, Texas and that area. And Carlos and I are going to work the East Coast. So it was a no-brainer with, with Aki to come in because I don't have that West Coast. I mean, I have it with dance music, but I need somebody to help me work the West Coast freestyle. So I'm like, if I'm going to go, if I'm going to start a label, I need help. I'm not the kind of guy to pass myself and go, me, 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 me. You're only as good as your artists. You're only as good as the people that work for you and the people you work with. So it, it just happened. It happened so quick. It was, you know, it was like a bolt of lightning. It was like, we have a label, you have Carlos, you have Aki. Now it's time to go. You mentioned the picture. And I have to laugh because at the time I called Sammy Zone immediately after that picture was posted. Right. And I said, Sammy. And he goes, Ralph. I go, Sammy. He goes, Ralph. I go, you know what I'm calling, right? He goes, no, it's nothing. We just took pictures and we were visiting the studio. It's nothing. And he's try, trying so hard to downplay it. But when you know somebody's bullshitting you because they can't talk. And so I said, okay, Sam, it's good. It's good. So when, when you called me, what's the first thing I did? I fucking started laughing because I knew why you were calling. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it was hard not to share that. You know, it was hard not to share that. I mean, I always had a good relationship with you from when I, you know, was on the freestyle and I did some mix shows for you. So you were the first person I thought of, you know, because you were always a good dude. And and uh, and and I said, uh, and I think I said to you, who's CPR, right? Because I really like the show. Yeah, yeah. And then you said, I'm with, I'm in, I'm partners with him. So just so you know, CPR, I wasn't lying. I asked who you were because I liked the show. I appreciate that. I asked who you were because I've been collecting your music for years and I have them all here in the record closet by order of release. So it's like, um, there's a, there's a crate has all the Viper in a row, you know, everything's categorized, everything is cataloged. I just very meticulous with my 12 inch records, but I just find it interesting how life works and how you meet people and how freestyle, even though we're sometimes a rambunctious community, we're tight knit in certain places. It's like, Six degrees of Kevin Bacon, you know, like this person knows this person, this person knows that person. Well, yeah, but it's uh, six degrees of Carlos Barrios now, right? <laughs> Honestly, it really is. I don't know how you guys feel, but when I first heard Lizette, I remember I was at a new music seminar in Atlantic City, and I knew the guy from Sony, and the record was on Sony after dark. And when she came out and I heard the bass line, I was like, what is this? And then it was freestyle, you know, and I was like, you know, geez. And, you know, from that point, I was a giant Carlos fan, you know, and then it came out with, with Temptation. And then, you know. Yeah, I felt the same way. I remember exactly the same the same day I got that Lisette Belandez uh, bug. I remember vividly, you just brought me back. It was summer. My little brother's godfather invited me to go to his house. His son, I met him for the first time. And the guy had the 12 inch record to together forever in his hand. And I remember the picture and I remember we, I had to wait 40 minutes to get to another part of Connecticut to go to his house. And then when he played it, I was like, this is a song I heard last night on clubhouse. And for me, you know, I play that. Remember when I just took me back and I remember exactly when I heard that song for the first time. I know, yeah. man. And I immediately ran out and got two copies because I could mix <laughs> it from the, you know, from the break. And then, you know, in the beginning and, you know, and then her whole album, No, Please Please Me is one of my favorite. Oh, my songs. God. People know that one, but, you know, it's it's not. I love that song. One of my favorite, you know, so, 
Yeah, <laughs> the drop make me wait. That's my shit. You know what right. I mean? You know, and then Karina and all that stuff. It just started new school to me. It built up freestyle again, and that's when we came out with Deneen and Collage, and and it's sort of like freestyle just went through the roof again. And we had radio, and good things come to an end. You know, you know, four or five years later, it wasn't the same thing. But I mean, you know, you had little Susie, you had Raquel. Yeah, it didn't even make it to four or five years later because shortly after that, you know, because yeah. I remember when I was mixing back then and I was mixing before freestyle, I was just about to pack it in. Those songs came out uh, because the underground reggae was hot on the scene. Rap was killing it. And, and freestyle was just, you know, on that decline. And when that came out, I was like, wait a minute, I'm not going to put these records away just yet. You know, and then you had the Laura Nia record come out and they all had that. Oh yeah. The Apache BB came in better rock. Yeah. I mean, you know, playing a rock. What were we going to say about that? Uh, you know, I put that in every other record, but I mean, that's just was the time. <laughs> I loved it. You know, you got to do what works at the time. But I mean, you know, when you when you have somebody like him, and you're like, wow, you know, this guy wants to wants to join with me. You know, how do you say no? I mean, we kicked it around for about a year, and um, my biggest question, and you know, I think you guys can answer this better than me: Is there sales? Will there be sales? Will the freestyle community download? Will they stream? Is it still CDs? We're talking about putting some vinyl out. I, I'd like to get your opinion because I, I respect the both of you. You know the freestyle game. What is it? What, what can I expect? Well, it's like I, I told you when we first spoke, and, and I'll just repeat it here for everybody else. You have to go into freestyle with measured expectations. You know, it's still freestyle, regardless of the big buzz that it's experiencing now, the resurgence. When you told me, I was both happy and sad for you. And, and, and I'll pack that a little bit and I'll, and I'll go in reverse so it has a happy ending. But I was sad because I'm like, his Gino, we're talking about 418, number one on Billboard Independent Label, number seven overall. Those are huge things. You want Forbes. Why yeah. is he getting into freestyle? It, 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 it just, it, dude, I want to see you succeed. I want you to be happy. And to me, it, it, a part of me was like, oh no, don't, right? And then, but you know, to feel bring it back, way. Right? feel that way. Yeah, you know, we got something planned. Don't feel that. No, way. no, no. But no, no. I, I'm still a little scared. No, but don't no, feel that way. No, don't despair because there is a happy, happier side. You know, like I said, I want to end it on a happy note. Is that knowing your work ethic, right? Knowing what you achieved outside of freestyle. You know, you worked on your craft. You upped your game. You got to know the rules. You broke the rules. You reinvented yourself you you became the number one independent label again so if you're going to bring that to freestyle it needs it because uh, no disrespect to anyone else but let's face it freestyle is basically part-time producers working out of spare room studios so you know i mean that's how i see it and it's not a full-time gig for anybody right so but to have you bring in that fresh infusion with new thoughts new ideas experience that matters in the real world in other genres right in another in a bigger genre if yeah. that could trickle down and and you could take talent with you i could yo, know, you and carlos i can only imagine the music that's coming to kind of come out how about mig you gotta add mig oh, too mig, yeah, <laughs> Mew, migs the, yeah. sammy aki and all the other ones we can't mention right now so, so <laughs> i mean and and i appreciate all that and i really do and and i take pride in that but what I told CPR before we went on the air is, look, we're not here just to put music out. We're not going to put a song out and then in four weeks, you're not going to hear of it. We're going to promote hard. We're going to promote the radio. 
We're going to do UK promotion. We're going to do like, we're, we're going to be getting PR and blogs. We want to get blogs out there. Spotify. Um, you the know, we're going to work the radio. We're going to try to get radio. We're, we're not just going to put a song out and not promote it. You know, we have a 750 list of DJs. I don't care if they're house DJs or not. The majority of them are going to get the freestyle song. We're not just want to say it's a freestyle record. To me, it's a dance record. Even though it's freestyle, it's still dance. You know, we're going to get them chartered on Beatport. We're going to try to get them chartered on iTunes. We're not going to play it. It's going to be good vocals and it's going to stream. You're going to see 100, 200, 300,000 streams on a freestyle record. You know, if you look on Spotify now, I think there's only five records that got over a million streams. That baffles me. I, I, I think because the freestyle community didn't know about streaming for the longest time, and I think they're just starting to get it now. Yeah, streaming is the only way you make money. Right. Here's the know? thing, and Jose can vouch for me, is that I'm my biggest pet peeve, other than the Planet Rock, of course, is that freestyle is always two steps behind. By having you come in with this fresh attitude, with the success that you had, you could definitely hit those areas where freestyle is weak. And, and, and again, it's the marketing, it's the promoting. I haven't seen a freestyle track in a record pool. And I can't tell you how long. I have five record pools I deal with all the time. They're going to be getting it first. I have 750 people on the DJ list. Hopefully you guys can send me a list of the right people to send them to. I want to get some freestyle shows and DJs on, on a mailing list. I have an FM radio station mix show coming out every Friday night. Me and Aki. They didn't even give it a name yet. It's going to be on Dan Matthews Station every Friday night during rush hour in Sacramento, 5 to 6 p.m. It's going to be all freestyle, me mixing, Aki talking. I think they're going to, the same thing is going to happen in San Antonio. So I'm going to play new freestyle and not just my label. I want the freestyle music, I, but it has to have a good vocal. So and that that's where I that's my biggest pet peeve. You talk about the Planet Rock beat and of course we don't want the Planet Rock beat, but for me, the vocals have to be amazing or they have to be good. I don't want any bad vocal. If we keep putting out bad vocal, this little buzz that we're getting is, is going to die. Freestyle genre, before it even gets where it's going to get, is going to die already. So you, you got to have a game plan. You got to have promotion. You got to have good production. And you got to have a vocal. I mean, I listen to some songs now. And like we said, that was the problem in the in the mid nineties, right? The two thousands, the vocals were so bad. It's, it's gotta be, the vocals gotta be amazing. So that's going to be refreshing right there. But I, I mean, I appreciate all the, all the good words, but I didn't get it into a freestyle label to fail, you know, and I, I may sound confident, but I'm not going to fail. I'm going to do my hardest to help the genre move up. It's going to take more than me though. It's going to take other labels. We all know the King is I bow down to my man, Sal Batello fever. It's a legend. I like that. I hope he comes out. Cutting and Aldo, they're great guys. I hope they up their game too. If the genre is going to take off, it's going to take more than me and my wife's label and, you know, with Meg and Carlos. It's going to take the whole genre to make it legit. Don't just put a song out and just throw it out there and, and don't promote it or don't try radio or put a bad vocal. It's easy. You know, we've all done production. You hear a bad vocal, you fix it. This is the Freestyle Club. Topic of the week. Let's talk freestyle. The issue that you're going to come across and something that people should be aware of, that there has to be a code of ethics and etiquette when it comes to the labels and music. And 
what we need more now is a little structure. We've had previous uh, guests who have said they celebrated each other's accomplishments, and it would be great to have a set of standards, time slots for everyone on Facebook Live, any DJ they take seriously so people can enjoy specific shows and not trample over each other. Also have artists act like artists and have a little mystique and a little bit of that who the hell is this person type situation. So when the fans actually get to meet them, there's some <laughs> mystique there. Trying to work with, let's say, 418 Freestyle is putting out Freestyle on a certain date, making sure that the other labels are aware so you don't trample over each other and you guys give enough breathing space so the releases can come out at a certain time. If we had that, I think that we could really mobilize. But as you can see, everything's a mess. I'm glad that you guys have a system because you having a system you guys could become the forefront of the new movement in a way where people are moving the way they should. And so you have to lead by example. And what a better lead than to have Gino Caporelli, Mr. Mig, Carlos After Dark Burials, and then you have Aki Star, who's a proven commodity. You have Sammy Zone, who's a workhorse. If you look at other genres of music, they have it down packed. They know their avenues of where to send that hip hop track they know their avenues where to send that EDM track. They know their avenue of where to send that, that dance track. When it comes to freestyle, it's a battle royal. Why do you think that, though? Why do you think that's happening? Is there not a lot of people like you guys who have shows? Is there no avenue for them to get to? You know, I, I don't understand why that would be. To me, I would love to lead the way. But I, I think we need those other pioneer guys like the Sal's and the Aldo's. And another guy I respect, Willie Valentin. I respect him, man. I love his stuff. I love Willie's stuff, man. Willie's a, a pro, man. And then you got the Tasmania guys. They got the nice track that's out now. The Medina Girl, you know, it's a nice track. So you need labels like that. Let me give you, for instance, in House Music with me, one of my biggest people I met who was legendary is Stonebridge. Robin S. Stone is the, I mean, if you watch something on Netflix with, Swedish House Mafia, all three of them mentioned Stonebridge back in Sweden. Here's a guy that I didn't know six years ago. He's one of my best friends now. I Skype with him every morning. He was the guy who has another label who competes against me, but just helps me in every turn. I mean, what do you need, brother? You know, streaming. He told me three, week, three years ago about Spotify. It's going to be streaming. He helped me sign three of my biggest records. And then I got a Crystal Waters, who's a legend. You know, she has two number ones on my label. We're getting ready to sign a new song with her. She set me straight three years ago. This is how you need to do promotion. So where I'm coming from, there are people who you compete against that are willing to help you. And I would do the same thing for any freestyle label right now. I don't know if that's going to be the same the other way around, but I think we need that for the, for the genre to succeed. And we do have a little bit of buzz right now. So now's the time to do it. Now's the time to unite and, and bring, it to up, bring it up a level. So we go to radio and they don't say, oh, it's a freestyle record. We can't play it. No, you can play it. A great record's a great record. I don't care if it's freestyle, if it's polka, if it's hip hop, country. A great record's a great record. So we want to try to change the culture and we want to try to change the decisions of these program directors. All right, start it in the mix show. You don't have to add it. I know it's, a, it's hard to add a record to iHeartRadio from an independent. Play it in the mix show. You know, so we look for any little thing to get in the door. And we, we like to build within. Like for us, with a lot of records, we want to go to Billboard first, to chart on Billboard 
and then we want to get streamed. So we can go to a radio station and say, look, we have a story to tell. Let's remember, radio is getting 300 songs a week now. It's not like back in the day where there was 10 songs coming out. So we like to go to somebody and say, hey, we had this new Aki Star record. We're number 41 on Billboard after three weeks. We got 200,000 streams. We've got 1,300 Shazams. We have 17 mix shows playing it. Now our radio station will sort of look at you. Okay, well, maybe we'll start it in the mix show. If you just walk in the door right now and say, hey, I got this new Wendy record, as amazing as it is, and it's one of my favorite records, you need to tell a story about that song because you're competing against the Cardi B's, you know, the Pinks, and, and this one. So for us to break this trend that's going on and to take it seriously, you got to be able to tell a story when you when you send the radio now. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if that makes sense to you guys, but that's how we've been doing business, and it's starting to work. Did we have problems in the beginning? Yeah. Nobody knew who we were. We didn't have artists that we have now. But now it's the same. We follow the same, the same plan on each record, you know, and whether it's a big record, it's going to go to Billboard or if, or if it's just a dance record, it's going to go to five, 6,000 DJs. We still work it the same way. So we need to build stories about our records. We need to, they need to see who our artists are. The artwork is important. Our artwork is impeccable. That's my wife. She does it for a living. You have to have your artwork has to match your song too. Can't have your sister taking a picture of you or your hand in the air and then you're putting it out and it's blurry. It's perception. You guys know you have a you have a popular show. It's not hard. Your logo has to be right. The way you speak has to be right. The kind of music, your numbers. That's how we feel. So those are the things that you're gonna be going against when you are doing this 418 freestyle the correct way. You send your song to an iRadio show that can't even pronounce the artist's name have an artist that was released recently. Her name is Aiki. I specifically asked her how she says her name. I said, please send me an audio of how you say your name because I was going to play her song that night. None of these iRadio stations know that. They're calling her Ikea. They're calling her Iki, calling her Aki. And so it's, it's crazy. That's just a simple example of how things are run these days. And pretty much you have a bunch of bosses that uh, are created you know, in their bedroom yep. who who pay a $25 fee a month to get a, a, a streaming license and they have an iRadio station. The perception is good, but once you get down to the brass tacks and you start checking the numbers and their impact, there is none. It's just a bunch of Facebook live videos and that's it. Right. But you have a successful show now. How hard was it to get that, right? You had to grind. Am I right? It didn't just come overnight. You have to I, do things the way. There are rules, and I've stuck to those rules because those are the rules that were passed down to me by the people that trained me. When I was taught about how to get people to listen, we had a clock. At the top of the hour, you start with the number one song in freestyle for the countdown, or you start with a hot song. And then, you know, you take them back in time a little bit. You put the drop, then you're going back in time so they know it's an old song. You identify what you're doing, and then you tease at the next hour, we got the top 10 countdown. At the bottom of the hour, pick it of the week, make it or break it. These are the things that build radio stations. And now it's like, I'm going to go live. I'm just going to talk to you. You know, we'll live five minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is like, okay, whatever. I understand that social media is great. I'm not downing social media. But again, if we had an organized way of presenting things, I think that we could go much further. If 418 Music Freestyle didn't step on a release that's coming out for another label and respect them, that means that they can work together. And it doesn't necessarily mean that 418 is going to pr be promoting them the way you promote 418 music, but you're going to give them a little space so they can release their track and, and let it breathe a little bit. 
So how, how do we know that? Do people know? Do you know how often is a new? It seems to me like a new songs are coming out every day now. A lot of people are getting back into it. There's new tracks coming out. I just want to circle back. You posed a question: Why is it that way? And he had mentioned, you know, the way the countdowns are worked, and and the countdowns are terrible. Um, I agree with him 100% that they make songs number one right away when they should be introducing them to the audience and, and yeah. getting them excited. Uh, you know, you can't have a, a song that just comes out and it's number one right away and nobody yeah. really knows the artist. And the only song that could get away with that was Carlos Barrios versus Sammy's own running Redux. And that was the only song that went straight to number one or number three. I, I'm not sure. I, I don't remember. But I just remember that everybody and their mother got a copy of that vinyl. And every time you turn on Facebook Live, somebody was spinning that record. Somebody had purchased it. It was a phenomenon. It was such a great blip, but it was a great phenomenon. So that was yeah. the only one. And that's the exception to the rule. Because I agree. Well, Zay knows I agree with that 100%. He asked me where it should be on the countdown. I go, are you fucking kidding me? Well, number one, of course. <laughs> but I know that what he was getting at, he wanted to, you know, get my feel for it and see if I would say number one willingly or, if, you know, how to be pulled out of me. And of course... Like you said, everybody was buying the vinyl. People who didn't even have turntables were buying the vinyl. How can you not make that song number one? You have another artist who dropped vinyl recently and it's not doing so well. So there's the comparison. That's why his song shot to number one and that other person's song is in the middle of the countdown somewhere on most of the countdowns. But more to the point, what I wanted to bring out was it's not like other genres because other genres also burn through songs, but there's a replenishment of those songs. Well, yeah, you have way more songs. It does. The problem is that you cannot compare freestyle to EDM dance nope. rap because those songs come out on a daily basis. And that's the problem with freestyle is there's not enough good songs. So when they do come out, of course, stations, DJs, countdowns are going to snatch them up and be the one, the first ones to play. And it's noticeable because they're far and few between. I don't call myself a DJ. I love to mix. And I can mm-hmm. tell you that I've been mixing based on how the quality of the music. There are years that I can't even put a full hour of a mix together based on the songs that came out that year. I'm thinking to myself now, I'm going to have a, I have a freestyle radio show coming up. Am I going to have an hour of good freestyle to play? Because they want new freestyle. So I said to the guy, I said to the, the owner of the station, Dan, I said, look, we need to throw a couple classics in there first few weeks just to Make sure I have 15 songs to play in an hour. You know, uh, I want to play good stuff and new stuff. And um, I can help with that. I got tons of new stuff and no. pick and choose. I appreciate that. I'm looking for your help. But picture that this uh, that is a problem in a year that freestyle has been at its best. Imagine how it was three years ago, five years ago, seven oh, years ago. Yeah. I'm oh, telling no. you, I had people tell me. Dude, I love what you try to do in the mix, but those songs were crap. And I'm like, dude, those were the best songs of the year. Look at the countdowns. I took the top 15, 20 songs to try to make a 20-minute a, a mix because I couldn't even make it 30-minute mark. That's a big problem. And Gino, so she, you know, they blame Viper for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll take it. I take the good with the bad. It was, yeah. it was Viper and then Tasmania who, who brought Freestyle back and killed it right after. Yeah, well, I think Carlos and them brought it back, and I think we took it from the maybe 94, you know, no, 91 our first record came out. But, yeah, after that, and Adam was pretty, I, I had left them guys um, in, like, 95. I was actually out of the business from 95 to 
you know, 2008, I think, you know, I was out of the business. I was disgusted with it. And, you know, I had two kids and, and uh, I was through a divorce and stuff like that. So I was out of the business altogether. I came back into the business in 2008 and I just did an old school party for my, my, now my brother-in-law at the time, he was one of my good friends and I played some old school freestyle and there was some, some club promoters there and, and I started playing new music and it just started to roll. But yeah, I don't know how you did it. I don't know how you did it from the 2000s up until <laughs> five years ago. I, I got to give you credit. I don't, I don't think I would be able to do it. Let's say you're holding tryouts for 418 uh, Freestyle. Um, right. You give me two songs that you can uh, pick out of the air right now that you've heard that you would take. Wendy, if I tell you, is probably my favorite track out there. I love the vocal. I love her vocal. I love the production. And I sort of like the, the Robert Barco kid. My favorite song is, is vocally is, is, the, is the Wendy track. I just always, choice. Yeah, I know her personally. You know, she's a quality person, great vocalist. I worked with her 10 years ago with some, some dance music. Like I said, I heard a lot of good things about the, the, the Barco kid. And that's a, that's a great combination to me. I'm thinking right yeah. now, like that's a great combination right there. The Barco kid. Vocals, right? But I mean, I don't know. To my me, buddy, my buddy, Robert Barco on 418 <laughs> Freestyle. DJ Jose buddy. Sounds really good uh, right now. Yeah. Look, I'm, look, I'm getting inboxes like crazy right now. You have no idea. And this is legendary people and new people. And I had a kid inbox me all day. He probably don't know who I am from Adam, you know, you know, the pun, but uh, right. if you ever need a DJ to spin freestyle, let me know. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, I know a little bit about it too, but if I ever need somebody, I ain't know. <laughs> That's, wait, 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 wait. That's, wait a minute. <laughs> Did you hear what he just said? You got he said. DJs telling him if you need a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> Get me up. They don't even know who he is. <laughs> hey, 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 Gino, Gino, if you need a top 10 countdown, you know what I'm saying? You know, I'm already on your team. You don't have to convince me about you. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Funny. I'm totally kidding. No, no, but I, you know, and, and like I said, um, you know, it's funny because I, I'm older now. They don't, you know, they may know the record, the Destiny record. They may, you know, see a couple things when it comes to collage and, and Deneen and all. But, you know, they don't read, they don't see the records where you see the producer anymore. You know, back in the day, it was, it was vinyl. You looked at who the producer was. You know, I knew when it was a, a Mickey Garcia record or a Carlos record or a high power record. You know, they don't have nothing to look at now. It's an MP3. So they don't know me from, from anybody. They'll probably get to know me once they know the story. But these young DJs, you know, they, they don't know. But I was laughing. I said, okay. If I need a freestyle DJ, I'll hit you up. <laughs> so again, going back to that original question, that's another obstacle. You know, people don't know their history, um, as you can tell by the funny yeah. story you're telling us now. So yeah. they don't know their history. They'll take whatever you say to them on social media. Yeah. In fact, at one time, I put that um, uh, a friend of mine, Matthew Zayzus, they call him Shadow Man, I superimposed his face on a TKA record. I said, happy birthday to the former lead singer of TKA and people believe me to the point <laughs> to the point that the person who believed me inboxed me and said, could you please take that off? Because I'm embarrassed, you know, because they thought yeah. that he was KL from TKA when That's I super, cool. you know what I mean? So 
it's 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 the uh, people not knowing history and the thing about freestyle right now that now that you're coming back in it, another issue that we have is that people get to rewrite history as they see fit. So um, they can represent or misrepresent the facts any which way that they want, you know? So staying pure and away from that, I think is going to be another issue for you. Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to be very strict when it comes to songs that I sign. Um, I don't know. I sort of think the pressure's on for me. You work so hard for something and then you get it and it's overwhelming. So now with the house label before one music, we work so hard and now we have this ranking and then we have Forbes. I, I can't afford to have a bad year now. You know what I mean? Cause now, you know, the thing is the climb when you're up at the top, really not fun anymore. It's the climb. To, it, the eight years have been the climb right? when you have these records that blow up and you get a million streams or you have a number one. You know, it's it's amazing. Now I'm here and now I'm starting a freestyle label and it's like, okay, I have to make sure I come correct 100% and everything needs to be slamming. So I can't afford to to get caught up in that shit you were just talking about. And, <laughs> and, um, well, here's the question, Gino. Why, as someone who reached number one as an independent label, and of course, that took a, a shit ton of work. That don't happen just by happenstance. No. And you're number seven overall. To me, and to some, they may say, shouldn't your focus be on next year being, you know, being to continue that number one or staying on top of the charts instead of no. splitting your attention and doing freestyle, which many see as a step down when it comes to the music business. I understand that, but I have four amazing people that work for me and I am not, I'm a workaholic. If I work 12 hours a day, I'm just going to work 16 hours. So the label will not, 418 Music will not skip a beat. And like I said, I'm, and we're already, listen, we, we have four records on the chart. We have a number one already this year. We have another 11 tracks coming out. To billboard. So by the end of the year, I'm going to be where I need to be. But you got to be smart. You open up a freestyle label. What do you do? You add a legend, Carlos Barrios. You add another legend, Mr. Mig, and you add somebody like Aki Star and Sammy Zone. Another person that really gets caught up in everything is my wife. I won't be where I am without my wife because the intelligence she has with the label and the mark. And like she'll tell me, you know, you have to be. Remember, you're a CEO now. You're not just a DJ. You're not just that. You have to act. You have to, it has, you have to be all business. So I think at the end of the day, like I turned four tracks down now for today, I had four tracks come in for 418 music. And they were good, but they weren't great. If you keep focused and you realize at the end of the day, it is a business because if I can't make money, I'm going to, I'm going to drown. So it's, I'm like caught in the middle because I'm a DJ and I'm, and I love freestyle. But then on the other hand, I'm a CEO and I'm an owner of a label. So where do I go? Like, I'm a fan. I'm like, it's loyalty. It is loyalty. It is loyalty. But, you know, it's not going to take away from 418 Music. It runs like a machine. There's four people that work for us. They know how to do it. I'm going to oversee both labels. And I surrounded myself with great people. I mean, I don't think I can lose. I mean, I might sound confident and a little pompous, but I think when you bring the right people in, and at the end of the day, the music's going to be quality. It's not going to be shit. There may be a record there you go, you'll say, I don't love it, but you're not going to be able to say not well produced and the vocals are bad. You may tell me you don't like it because the other ones were better, but you're not going to say it was a shit record. You'll never be able to say that with one of my tracks. That I will promise you. You may not love them all, 
You may not like the hook or this and that, but you're, it's going to be well-produced, going to be well-sung, and it's going to sound good and it's still going to do well. So I think as long as I keep that in the back of my mind and I keep things rolling, I think we're going to be okay. I'm not afraid of a challenge. I want to help bring freestyle back. I can't do it on my own, but I, I want to help do it. My 4A music will not skip a beat. You know, I don't see us having a problem at the end of the year when the ranking's coming out. And look, I slipped it two, I slipped it two. For me, I want to make sure every year we, we earn more, we get more respect, and the quality of the music is, is what counts. I want my music to be better. A ranking's a ranking. Two years ago, we were, you know, number nine overall and number three independent. I thought I had a better year two years ago than I did last year. So who knows? But it's going to be quality no matter what. That, that I can tell you. What is uh, your greatest memory of your freestyle career so far? Playing in San Antonio outside the Alamo Dome, outside the Alamo Dome in the 90s, DJing in front of 13,000 people. La Samana Allegra, I think it was called. I'm not wrong. It was a station in San Antonio. I had collage, Janine, there was Jocelyn Enriquez, Stevie B. And I got to play an hour set of freestyle there. And it was just one of the greatest feelings I've ever had in my life. Now, I've come back and did a lot of bigger house things. But for me, you know, when you're there and you're 20 years old or 21 years old and you walk into a parking lot of a stadium and you don't see anything but people, um, that is one, and I think my first record here, my first record on the radio, on Q102 on a major station, and then seeing it on Billboard. There was a lot of them, but I think that San Antonio one, I still think of that, and I get chills thinking about it. I can remember, you know, some tracks I played. I can remember a couple times I messed up. But when you have that many people, everybody's just cheering anyway. Um, but I, I think that's the biggest thing when I, when I played in San Antonio for that many people. What was your favorite song out of the Viper catalog? My favorite song out of the Viper catalog. Hmm. I think I remember you. I think I remember you. The Deneen record, I remember you was, it was sort of an underdog because I'll be loving you was out and I'll be loving you was doing so good. I like that one. I like a Stephanie Morano record. Symphony, Symphony of Love. Is that what it's called? Yes. Remember? I like that one. I used to like Nino Insecurity. I, um... I like Nino Insecurity. I like Summer Night with You. I think the I Remember You track, just because I had a lot of the production. And like I said, we were the underdog with, with the collage record, which is so huge. We would go on the road and we, she would open up for collage or we'd have Stephanie Morano open up for collage. And hearing Symphony of Love, Symphony of Love oh, and see the crowd, because, you know, that wasn't a radio record. And then I remember you and, and seeing the crowd before Kalash came on. I don't know, they're just records that I, that I did production with that, that hit home. But I think my all-time favorite record, PPE, then came you because it was my first. That was an amazing song. And it was just put together because I knew somebody and I knew her and, and Adam came in and we took another one in and I scratched me scratching in the beginning and at the end and, and being with the drum loops. That was like my first record I ever produced. Yeah, that was, I mean, I listen to it now and I cringe because there's some other things that I, I don't sound right or this don't sound right, but because you know a little bit more production. And you should be proud. I am. I, am, I mean, I am proud. You know, I, I am proud. It's, it's who I am. You know, my wife said, I remember my wife said to me uh, a couple weeks ago, she goes, in the beginning, even when you started this label, 
think she said something like, I always knew you were to do something with freestyle down the road. That was my baby. Like I said, I mean, this was, I was a kid playing freestyle in Philly in the late 80s when, you know, Chicago house music was out. And I played Chicago house music too. I would hand in a top 20. I was a Billboard reporter. And at the time it was house music and it was like Madonna and Paul Abdul. I remember Izzy Sanchez, who worked for Micmac, would laugh because he'd see my chart come out and it would be 10 dance records and 10 freestyle records. And I was a Billboard reporter and these records were getting on Billboard and, he, and people were yelling at me. I'd have guys from Virgin. How come you're not on the Madonna record, but you're playing this friggin' Cynthia record? I'm a freestyle guy from, from back in the day. It's, it's pure. It's what I know. You know, I'm happy to be, to be back in the genre. I got a follow-up question for everyone on the podcast. What was your most regrettable 12-inch record buy? So <laughs> you purchased a 12-inch record, you played it, and you're like, why? What did I just buy? And I want to go around the room for this one because I remember mine. You guys have to start because I, I don't I don't know if I remember mine. Oh, I'll start it. To me, it was Tear Shed, n- not by your ex, but by the, um, MKG? the MKG. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Because to me, when I bought the vinyl, I thought there was something wrong with the vinyl. I gotta be honest with you. I'm gonna say that. You gonna think I'm crazy? You're going to say to your shed. Every DJ buys at least two copies, sometimes three or four. I must have bought at least seven copies of this vinyl from different places, thinking that there was something wrong with the vinyl. Yeah, it was scratchy and really like, you know, a lot of little cracks in it. Yeah. And, but that's such a cult song when it comes to. Uh, yeah. Oh, people love it. And, you know, and you can understand why, but it's just the, the quality in the production. Yeah. yeah. I, I got to be honest with you. I was going to say that. Yeah, but I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings because um, it's such a an underground cult song. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What about you, CPR? <laughs> there was there was a lot of them on uh, Viper, but it was a secret garden or some shit like that. Like it was like it was after me. I know nothing about that. Yeah, but but there was this <laughs> one specific song that has nothing to do with Viper Records. But uh, it was it was a gentleman named Tone Dijon. All right. Yeah. Yes. And it, I, it was this marbleized twelve inch record, and it was so heavy. But if you put it under a, a fluorescent light, you can see like the marble on the record. Really cool. But when you start playing the song, it was hot garbage. Yeah. Yeah, and it was so bad. And uh, I, I was, I have many, you know, I can also talk about In the Depths of Sorrow by Damien Kane. <laughs> you know, so it's like uh, just a really horrible, horrible songs that um, you couldn't believe they were that, that, that horrible. But uh, I just, I, I had that question because I know that we, we all shot for vinyl and came back so disappointed sometimes. Oh my God. Yeah. And, and, you know, there are two of them that are, that are really right on the button. But Tear Shed is, is like Rob said, that is something that I remember getting, but you know what? It just worked. Even though you're like, what the hell's wrong with this track? Um, <laughs> and it's and a shame because it was a good song, right? First, that was my first vinyl record. And I walked 10 miles to get my copy. I had to go through like hell and brimstone because it was like a hundred degrees and walk the strawberries to get my copy of Tear Shed by MKG. I had to walk I, uphill both ways. <laughs> <laughs> when we went, went to redo it, I said to Adam, we should make her do Tear Shed. And he didn't know what it was. And then he, I played it and they were like, 
him and Federici were like holding their ears. They're like, oh my God. <laughs> and I'm like, but listen, it's a cult song. You know, and I remember us trying to get it was, a cult, it was a cult song because they sacrificed the artist. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and five goats. Oh my God. I remember, you know, it wasn't like now where you can just Google something and get the lyrics. Like we had to listen to the song like 25 times to get the lyrics right. You know, and I still don't think some of the lyrics are right. <laughs> you know, but, but it sounds good, you know what I mean? And, uh, and one of my other favorite songs is the Siobhan Tell Me, Tell Me which was a, another cult record, which aren't great, the greatest vocals either, but there was something about that record that when you played it, it just worked, man. It just it worked for me on, with dance floors and, and stuff like that. And um, man, there's so many other ones, man. I remember the rap, the rap craze where everybody had a rap in their 12-inch uh, yeah. record, uh, Legacy, and, and people Legacy. on the West Coast. You're like, why are they doing this, you know? And then you remember the entire rap. Because I remember... The rap by Legacy. Girls do it just for fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah the only one I like is the giggle. What goes around comes around. Like I don't mind that rap. You know, I I have to I like I have to like the rap in the running redo. But we did a version without the raps now too. So when we re-release it, there'll be a, a ver- like, and you can't go wrong with K Seven. But you know, I told Carlos we need to do, you know, the version with the rap, and we need to do the radio and the extended without the rap because you know I want to put that out and rebrand it. I want DJs to have a choice to play with the rapper without the rap. There's not going to be many freestyle records for rapping it from me. When you have K7 doing the rap and you have Carlos Barrios and Sammy Zone and the record's amazing, I'm all for it, you know, but I, I think you got to be smart and give the DJs the choice with the rap and without the rap. Subscribe to the Freestyle Club. On Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Google Play, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Visit thefreestyleclub.com. The Freestyle Club. The Freestyle Club. Let's talk freestyle. I think you put up, brought up a very important point that's getting missed a lot in freestyle when these songs are released is that they forget. Okay, radio-friendly version, but radio is not playing your song. It's the DJs that are keeping the genre alive and have been for decades. Got to give them a mix. Got to give them a mix for them guys. You've got to have different versions. You have to provide these to the DJs because they're the ones that are going to play the music, put it in the people's ears. It's not going to be mainstream radio. It's not. Nope. nope. We're going to get some radio, though. Don't say not. Don't say never. Well, I'm not saying never, but as it is today... It is today. We're going to get some FM stations, too. And here's a little... You already have one. Yeah, I already got one. I got a couple planned. Trust me. I I think a little tip for other people is your radio versions need to be about three minutes long, especially for Spotify. It's a known fact. And I do Spotify promotion for people. On Spotify, if you want to get playlists, you want to stream better, needs to be around a three-minute version. If you look at all these big playlists like the Mint, and um, Friday Crate Diggers, it got five, six million people. All those mixes are three minutes, three minutes, five seconds. Your radio versions need to be a little shorter now because that's what radio wants to hear. And I think you have a better, better shot of getting played. But you also need those five, six minute extended with a beat in the beginning, a mix in the middle and some at the end. These DJs, like you said, they're going to make or break you. And these are the guys that are keeping freestyle alive. So you got to give them that long extended mix, but also you got to say for Spotify and radio, 
I need that little three minute radio mix that just hits every point of the record that keeps you dancing because we know radio what happens. You play a song they know, you play a song that they don't know after that, and they sort of feel it out in the beginning. But once there's a little lapse in the song, people tune out. So your radio mixes need to be bang, bang, bang. The whole three minutes has to be energy and banging. And that's worked with us. I'm going to take a lot of things that I've done with the dance label and put it into the freestyle label because it works. I don't see any difference just because it's a freestyle record. The way we do business shouldn't have to change. We should keep our model and keep what we're doing. It's just a different genre. You know, and I, I think people are hungry for this for this genre. I mean, I posted something yesterday and had 500 views and comments. I posted something else today. I mean, I, I'm really, I'm an analytics guy. You know, we have things that break down our analytics and, and uh, I can see when a post really gets, you know, we all can, but we really look into it, you know, because I have a few people to work for the label. Um, so when I see something that gets engagements like that, okay, I'm on to something. So I think people are, are thirsty for good quality freestyle. And I think they want to hear it on the radio too. Will it happen? I don't know. But I mean, I think with shows like you guys have and, and, um, and the other guys out there and Tim and, you know, I, I think it's, I think sky's the limit if, if we put out quality music. Well, I'm telling you, you're speaking the right language to me because when we speak Spotify, I understand when we do our podcast, I make sure that it's at a certain uh, specific yep. loudness, right? Yep. Minus 14 loves people. That's the secret recipe for Spotify. If you do it lower or higher, guess what? They're going to kick your shit off their search engine. They don't give a fuck. Yep. You know, so you have to play their game. Uh, you talk about engagement, man. I love analytics. I, I love looking at where my, my traffic is coming from, where it's going to, uh, yeah. what's organic, what's not organic. I yeah. love that. So to, to hear someone else talking about it, it excites me. It gets me uh, motivated. It gets me feeling good for the yeah. future. And, and, and as long as you're making freestyle fit your model, then, you know, yeah. that's all I can ask for yeah, why am I going to change something that's working just because it's a different genre? I mean, to me, freestyle is a dance record, you know, got a different sound, but I'm not going to change what our pluses are because I'm afraid or if it's a different genre or, you know, sometimes you got to educate your crowd. You know, it's like, like, you know, when you DJ, you know, like, well, what are you going to play? I'm not the kind of guy even now when I, when I just play them, you know, when I play in Amsterdam or Miami, I mean, I don't play a lot now. I got a lot of mix shows. But then when I play live, it's maybe like two times a year. But I'm not the kind of guy that'll pick out 30 songs and put it on a on a on a USB. I put a hundred on there, and I play what I I'm ready to play. I just played at the Fountain Blue in Miami, you know, which is one of the biggest areas for iHeartRadio. It was live on the radio. Only had we all had like 12 minutes, so I only had like five songs. To play. And I heard guys, you pick out your set yet? I'm like, I ain't picking out my set. I'm just getting up there and <laughs> reading the crowd and playing what I'm supposed to play, you know. It's a tough game, but I really think people are dying something good. And you guys are giving it to them, you know, and I'm glad, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I hooked up with you guys and, you know, hopefully we're going to work together. We'd love to help you with some of the promotion and, you know, love to send you our music. If, if it works, it works. Uh, we're not going to have 50 secret people calling in and voting. We're not, <laughs> not going to do that. We're going to make the song speak for itself. If It could be a great song, but people don't know what it is yet and they're not, they're not voting for it. I don't care. I, I mean, I, I'd rather you say to me, man, this track is fire. 
you know, and you say, wow, I love this track. You know, you two saying it to me is more important than having 20 people I know call in and vote for it. I don't think you get anywhere that way. I, 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 think I, 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 I repeat myself for the 25 weeks we've been doing this, but it's just earning an audience one by one. Yeah. I'd, rather, I'd rather put a poll up and have two people that actually listen to my show vote than have a thousand, two thousand people vote yeah. where they have their mom and dad and cousin and they purchased a couple of, of uh, votes here and there because the next week is going to die. You know, it's going to die a miserable death because those people are not going to come back. And you're not going to spend another 50 bucks to get the likes and the hits. When you're new, you don't realize that and you're excited. You know, I remember when, you know, we had our Danina Claus records on Q102, you know, it was Q or screw it. Well, that decided. <laughs> so we had that. 700 people go to pay phones and call it Q it, Q it, Q it. And then my program director said, okay, we'll give it a couple spins overnight. And then we stay up and disguise our voice and call in again. But then we yeah, but that was fun, all right? That yeah, was right. that was that's actual radio work. These yeah. guys these days are boring as shit. All they do yeah. is go on Facebook Live or on social media and they complain. It's not the same because I can respect that hustle of, of spending yeah. of spending all those quarters calling and saying make it, make it, make, you know that was cool. That shows you, know, you but, how old I am too. Though. Yeah, these guys, it's not creative. It's not creative at all. I wish it was like back in the day, you know, but yeah. it just it just isn't. You're doing your part, though. You know, you hear different things about different people. Oh, yeah. I hear a couple people, CPR, well, he's tough. And you don't know. I said, well, listen, just before I even know you, I said, look, I listen to the show, you know, I, I like to listen to new freestyle. I said, the guy's honest. Somebody's honest with me. You, you can't get mad. You may not like the way he does things or this and that, but you got to like something because you're watching it. So don't tell me you don't agree because every week you're tuning in. It's, it's, just a, it's just a formula that I was taught. That's it. I've never, it's never been me making up my own formula. Jesus the Juice Vasquez, who's on Facebook Live, excellent DJ, he passes knowledge to me and I've kept it. Now I want to pass it to other people, but everybody knows everything. So you can't teach anybody nothing. They, they don't know how to work a record. I'm telling you, I wish they knew, you know, how to work a record. Like we used to work a record, you know, like we, sometimes we would play a record, not tell anyone who the artist is, which is what I did with a new Johnny O record that I have that nobody else has. I just played it. And now, after it's been out for a week, I've been getting YouTube hits. I've been getting people like, yo, who sings at 25.30 on this episode? Hey, who's, who's singing here? You know, that's what you want. That's what you want. So then, when you play it again and you say, this is Johnny O's new song, go get it now, hopefully people it, are going to get it. You know, you get 10 or 15 buys. Well, it's funny you say that because when we had collage after I'll Be Loving You, collage came out with Gangster in Love. So, of course, collage was through the roof at the time. We had just done All Cried Out with Denise. Jerry from Metropolitan was very smart. He said, look, we're going to put this promo CD out and send it to all radio. Because at the time, we were on over every major station. He said, we're going to put All Cried Out at the end. It was like eight mixes of Gangster Love, and then just all cried out with no name. They sent it out to radio stations. Um, I remember being on Q102 and KTU and both program directors playing it and not really liking Gangster Love, but going to the end and going, what is this? Who's this? We didn't tell them, you know, because we wanted, because it was a ballot, we wanted them, because of course, freestyle person can't sing a ballot. No, that's what they thought. 
because, you know, they think freestyle people can't sing. So when we did that, it created a buzz. And that's how the record came out and blew up all over the country and ended up being number, you know, 53 on the Billboard Top 100. But we did not put her name on it until three weeks and we sent out the regular CD. So that was good, a good move by Jerry from Metropolitan, Jerry Salerno. But you said the same thing with Johnny. That's what they did. That's a smart move when you do that. You want people to know who that is without them knowing who that is. Not yet. And they try to guess, oh, that's Johnny O, right? Oh, no, no, that can't be Johnny O. That's yeah. somebody else. You know? And, and yeah. so it builds that anticipation and then, bam, new Johnny O, go get it. Available here, there. And that's the type of buzz that you want. Or you could do the Carlos Barrios. Put out vinyl to show him the videos that he did where he was using analog and using all these different types of old, old school equipment. And then, you know, letting them hear a little bit. Teaser, teaser, teaser. Boom. Here's a vinyl available now. Give me 45 bucks. Yeah, well, that's what he said to me. He goes, I'm going to control the vinyl. You can control the digital. I said, all right, with that song, I'll control the digital. You know, the next, you know, we have a couple amazing redos coming that are just big, big artists that are, well, I can't wait for you guys to hear it. They're a couple months down the, down the road. But um, he said, we're running. He did that and he could, people were just, he's on the second pressing right now. You know, so me, he was already doing that. So I, I can't ask him to get involved in that because that's his hustle. You know what I mean? That's his move. So I said, okay, for this record, I'm going to do all the digital. You do the vinyl because, you know, we're good. What we do with digital is amazing. But we're going to start to put out some vinyl too. Now, it won't have the effect like Carlos did too. But I think if I have somebody like Sammy that's going out on the road, or like when you hear the Blue Ivy record or, or Aki, when, when he's going to go to California and play a show, to me, it's a no-brainer to print up 100 vinyls because you can sell them at the shows. Artists aren't making money, you know. I mean, the big ones are because it's the same people on each show and they're getting a nice penny and God bless them, they deserve it. But somebody like Aki, who isn't on all these giant shows yet, it's smart for us to print up vinyl because some of these collectors want vinyl. You know, it's, it's a way to generate money for the label and for, and for the artists. And, and I think it's a smart move. Will it have the effect of a running by Carlos Barrios? No. You know, it won't do that if there's a TKA or if there's a George or something like that. But I think there is a place for vinyl right now. It's a little, little expensive to get it printed up. A little, it's a lot expensive, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I checked it out the other day. What do you guys think about CDs? I'm getting ready to release a compilation, and uh, it's going to be CD only. So we're going to find out. I'm curious. You know, I'm. You know, I know the game, but you know, what house music compilations aren't. Nobody's right. doing that. They're doing everything's digital. Here's the thing. I just bought two CDs, well, three CDs actually, from three different artists. I buy CDs because that's you know. A generational thing but if you're going for the younger or you know the younger audience uh cds are not gonna work i don't think spotify 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 yeah you know, you've got that digital hustle and that's where i would focus more of my energy is stay in your lane yeah. with the digital you know yeah digital and streaming we, we got on lock you well know. you know you could always do a small press of cds and there are people out there that are collectors that want to have that and and for me um you know, my project is called Freestyle Countdown Madness, and it's just based on artists who have reached number one on my show. Cool. And, um, you know, and, and it's just for promotional purposes only and to, to give a, a different way of people, you know, being attached to my show and 
do a little bit of advertising on it and making sure that they know that, you know, the show is available on iTunes and Spotify and all that good stuff. And it's just, a, a you know, to use for marketing. I already got 11 people that have provided their songs to for the compilation, which is nice. I know that Willie Valentin has had success with, uh, with CD. And if you could connect with him, I'm sure that he can let you know about good pressing plants. And the CDs, I think, will be okay money-wise and competitive-wise. I was just shocked on how much the vinyl is. You mentioned earlier that you did a song in two days. And then to me, that is important in freestyle because you hear a lot of talk about it takes weeks and weeks and weeks just to dump an instrumental. I can't. I get a fucking brain aneurysm when I hear shit like that. And to hear that you're saying it, and more importantly, I'm hearing it from producers, big time producers who are sitting in, you know, they're not sitting in multi-million dollar studios anymore. No, they're in the bedroom. They're in the bedroom. They're in the kitchen table. Yeah. They're taking their laptop and they make a song in the car service on the way to, to the artist's house. Yeah. I'm sure everybody knows Sorry Not Sorry, right? You know that yeah. song. That yeah. song was produced in two days and it hit the digital charts in two weeks. Do you think that hitting the charts so quickly was bad for the song? No. 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 How, how did it hurt that song that it went out in two weeks and made it to number one? Because it, it, and it all it took was a two-day process max. That's what's missing in freestyle. We don't put out enough songs. Right. It's just bare bone minimum. You know, hey, the guy only paid me $500, so he's only getting a $500 production. This is the Freestyle Club. Let's talk freestyle. Freestyle. I got a question, Mr. 418. So you don't have a you don't have a 30 minute plan of rock package for your uh, 418 freestyle music? No. <laughs> I don't think you're going to hear much Planet Rock. I loved it at one time. I think there's other things that we can... You're going to the Viper 7 mix. Yeah. All Planet Rock for an hour and a half. Yeah, we're going to have other tracks, but it's not going to be Planet Rock. Getting back to what you were saying, you know, Mig and I just did three remixes last week that are on, going to be on Billboard. You know, that's their remix, and now you already have the vocal. So I think a remix, we can knock, we knock out in two days, maybe three, just because we want fresh ears and we want to sit on it for a day. An original production, if it's a brand new artist, they'll come in, meet one of our writers, they'll write, we'll build the track, they'll come in an extra day, they'll lay a vocal, and again, we'll wait on it. So I think for an original production, it may take us five days to a week, because if it's a new artist, you know, you have to edit vocals and, and it has to be mixed right. If it's somebody like, I don't know, Crystal Waters or or somebody who's really been in the game the vocals are done in like four hours and then it's for us it's just the mixing and the mastering that you know we want to get right because you know we're a little meticulous and we're both a little add so um we can hear hear something and then hear something different tomorrow but you know I, i was telling cpr earlier i mean my first year with the label we released 13 songs last year we released 48 this year we have 65 by august 65 yeah (laughs) 65 now remember they all have five remixes too so in eight we just did the schedule for april we have six songs coming out in april and two remix packages so we're doing two songs a week now that's how big the label is with freestyle we're going to try one a month 
but I have a feeling after all these inboxes that I'm getting and once they hear this podcast and they start to see the first song in another couple of days, they see the, the videos and, and the, you know, the promotion we do, I think by the end of the year, it'll probably come out to about 25 songs the first year on the label. As a label owner, we can't afford to put out five songs a year because our royalty checks at the end of the month are going to be shit. You have to be able to collect. Your catalog has to help you do your work. And you need to be like, we're now with 418 Music. I collect on 20 songs a month. So I have an, a nice check. Not always big, not, not small, but good enough to roll back into the label. And I think that's important. And then when you start releasing more, they all have to be quality. Now, there's a couple of records last year. Even though we had a great year, it wasn't really, there were house records. There were great vocals, but it was something that had to add something to it. You know, it was a sample record or something like that. So I think you have to release a lot, but it's got to be quality. So you have to make sure, you know, you can make that work. Now with Freestyle, am I going to have, be able to find 25 quality artists to put out? I don't know. But I think, um, I think if I start using my own artists and finding these young kids like I am and introducing them to the Freestyle game, they can have a track out on Billboard like I do with this Blue Ivy record. The record was just 25, a peak to 25 on Billboard. She's a DJ that's touring the whole country and she sings. And the record's amazing. Jay Alums did the remix and it's a freestyle track. Now we turn it into a freestyle track. So I have about four or five songs that I released over the last year that were big dance records that I'm going to take the stems and make them freestyle tracks. I know the vocals are good. I know the artist. You know, it's, it's important that the artist knows how to work social media, too. You know, we didn't talk about that. Oh, my God. Freestyle etiquette 101. Here we go. Your artist has to be able to work social media. You, you're going to put a song out and just think because you look good or you think it sounds good, it's just going to work. It ain't going to work. You need your artist to work social media. You need for them to look good. We talked about what the artwork needs to look like. Artwork needs to look good. You have to be, you know, social media active. And, you know, there's a lot that goes goes into it. So as long as we find quality people, we'll release two a week, you know, in the next couple of years. The artists have to be on, on point and the songs have to be there. I think a perfect example is that we mentioned them earlier is Robert Barco. He has won his fan base solely on his personality on social media. That's what I heard. I heard good things about him. Yeah. Yeah. He needs a good home with some quality production and beats. And I think 418 Freestyle is the place to be. I would love to have. I had Steve O'Neill in my office two weeks ago, and he said the same thing. He said, Robert Barco is one kid you should definitely get in touch with. So he friended me on Facebook a couple days ago. Go figure. But uh, So, buddy, my buddy, are you listening? (laughs) He said that if the good Lord had sent him a sign, he would work with another producer. So I think that's a sign. Me, that is. We got Carlos. We got Mig. There's a sign. It says 418 on it, sir. <laughs> there you go. We got Jay. You know, I know Jay's your boy. He did an amazing mix on our Blue Ivy record. CPR's Clubhouse original at Jay Adams. Yeah, he's my man. He, he did the Aki Star Trek, the new one we got coming in a few months. You know, we're trying to surround ourselves with these good young producers, too. Jay Adams can replicate anything, man. He's, oh, he man. listens to a sound and that's it. It's done. He got it. When he sent me the master Saturday before I went to Miami two weeks ago, me and my wife were on the way to the mall and he sent me an, a text, the master version of uh, last time by Blue Ivy. 
And first of all, I couldn't believe it's now a freestyle record, because just the way it sounded. But I, 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 need you to, I need you to send that over, by the way. Go ahead. Well, definitely. <laughs> I, I said to him, I said, I have to call you because I deal with all these Grammy-nominated producers and these other producers that are amazing. I said, I hear the vocal, and it's mixed so well, and it's mastered. I said, I'm so impressed. I said, you know, we're going to do a lot of business together, me and you. I'm going to send you a lot of music to, to do, you know. And that's how I am. I, I like to use a guy four or five times a year, especially if they give you quality work. I mean, when I heard his master, and I played it on my phone, on my bow speaker, on, in the car, and I said to my wife, listen to this. And he's a great singer, too. So why don't you go on Spotify and look for Jay Adams, You Are The One, and you were no. really impressed. Really? Yes. Okay, I like him a lot. We, we, I was supposed to speak today. I couldn't have time to call him back, but... I'm definitely going to use him. I have another track for him to do. So we're lining him up. I think you got him. He's a, a young lion. He knows the game. Like I said, you got Carlos Mig, me. You know, we're looking for a few more to, to bring into the family. To, each of them are doing two, three records a year. You know, it's 20, 20 something records a year, plus the records we signed. I heard another track I like by a girl named Sharon McKern. Did I say it? It's Sharon McKern. My siren. Yeah. I liked her track. Somebody sent me over. It was already out. I'm sorry. Let me, inter- let me interrupt you for a second. I have to introduce her the correct way. When we say her name, it has to be introduced correctly. One moment. It's the sexy, vivacious, and equally stunning Sharon Masseron. Go ahead, sir. Okay. I spoke to her briefly. Tears I Cry? Yeah, she has a great album. Uh, it's called The One, and she had a great concept, and that concept was, I'm going to release a new release every month. Every time she releases, she charts on iTunes, and she's been killing it with this album. That's smart. That's the way to do it. You know, we want to get our stuff charted on Beatport because freestyle people don't get charted on Beatport. It'll be under dance music and all the DJs buy there. So I want iTunes too, but I'm really, really focusing on Beatport because I want to see it happen because there's a lot of house DJs and stuff like that. But um, I was really impressed with her too, so I hit her up. She, she's very impressive because of the fact that you know, when she releases every single, she has remixes. And they're not just freestyle. They're also house and dance and electro. And, you know, her her husband, Lenny Ruckus, a, a great producer as well. Uh, oh. for, probably known as Lenny Linus. These are, are great things that are happening right now this moment. And she's very well celebrated. She earned her own audience. And she's been doing that for so many years. And she's just doing it herself, you know, her and her husband, which is awesome. I like that. I like that. And, and you know, she... We hit each other up on Facebook and I said, I'll be in Miami when I get back. You know, we'll have a little conversation. But yeah, I was impressed with her. Like I said, Robert Parco and of course, Wendy. Our goal is to have a Wendy track. I love Wendy. She's a neighbor. She lives right near our office. So, I mean, we're going to go, we're going to go after some, some really, really good artists. You know, we're not going to try to step on any toes, but I don't think there's many artists out there assigned to labels. Um, there shouldn't be any artists out there assigned to labels unless unless there is a quality record label that is putting a lot forth for the artist. Um, yeah. if, if you say I'm, I'm a freestyle artist and I'm signed to this label, you get laughter because you yeah. can do that on your own now. To give you a compliment, you were to say, hey, this is what we have to offer and please join us. Now that's a good package I can sign to. But some guy that last week was, you know, living in somebody's basement and they just brought their laptop computer 
and they're like, you're going to sign to my label. I'm like, uh, not that this week, sir. Look, I get it. It's an independent world. You can do it on your own. But, you know, we do the way we do businesses. We don't sign anybody for like a year. We do one. We got 31 artists signed on 418 Music right now coming out. And they're all signed to one record deals. Because tomorrow they may sign with me and then Armada, which is a bigger label, may want to sign them. So nobody really signs in the dance game. The days of being signed to Sony for three years are over. It's a one record deal to each one. Somebody's tracks, I mean, they'd like to put it out on their own. But like you said about the countdown, would you like to be number one for two weeks or number 10 for 50 weeks? Well, do you want to put it out on your own with distribution through DistroKid or something like that? Or do you want to be distribution with us with a little machine behind you we have distribution with ingroove which is universal so when we put something out it's global it's all over the world it's if you put something out on cd baby i think it goes out to about 31 or 32 distribution outlets i think with us it's like 85 because it's ingroove it's universal it's you know it already takes out sound exchange it already takes out mechanical royalties i mean we have great distribution which leads to which helps a label. So somebody can tell me they can do it better without us. I think they don't know. Every time you make a great point, there's a chime that comes up. <laughs> yeah. That's my wife's text messages coming over the computer. She has, she has impeccable timing. Every she, time you've made a valid point, it, it, it goes off. It's like the price is right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and like I said, you got to educate people. You got to tell them, well, what's the benefits coming with you? Well, you want to work it yourself out of your house or do you want to come to a label that's already established and has people that's working for them or a mailing list? But, you know, people don't, they don't learn. They don't understand. Sometimes people have to make a mistake to come back and realize the way it is. Or at the end of the day, maybe I, I won't do the job that they can do. I mean, if, if you, if it's your own stuff and you're a grinder and, and you know, you know, like a Robert Barco where he, from what I hear, he, he works hard. He grinds every day like the girl Sharon. I mean, sometimes they may feel comfortable having their own distribution, seeing the money coming into themselves, being that, you know, that one man band or one woman band. But I'll do everything in my power to get them to come with us, you know. And I think once they see us do business and they start seeing our, our music and stuff like that, I, I think eventually yeah, it'll just work. I want to thank you for joining us on the Freestyle Club. I hope that it has been educational. For the listener, especially with someone who his label has been voted number one by Billboard, and that's not a gimmick, that's fact, and that's a, that's hardworking fact. There, I wish nothing but the best with 418 uh, Freestyle and 418 Music. My station is open to you, and I can't wait to listen in each individual track a thousand times over. You will get them first, and I'm that statement, making that statement right now. You will get them first. I appreciate you guys. I respect you guys. I, I appreciate you having me on. And uh, and I hope this is a start of a really good business music relationship. I'd like to help each other. You know, I'm just looking forward for the future and, and see what we can do together. And if That's anybody and if anybody tells you something about me, believe them. This is the Freestyle Club. Pick hit of the week. Welcome to the pick hit of the week. This week's big hit, of course, goes to our uh, special guest. So, Gino Caporelli, what is your big hit of the week? Told you, it has to be Wendy if I tell you. That's my track, man. Love that track. Excellent choice.
Reyes, do you have a pick in the week? My pick is Ike. You never did me right. I love the intro. Proper intro. Gets me wanting to get up and dance right away. And that's what a freestyle song should do. I, I do give compliments to the producer. I really love that track. I'm going to go classic new school freestyle, which means it's a new school classic. It's not really a classic, but it's a classic. I'm going to go with Paradigm and Back From My Love, the greatest new school freestyle, progressive song in all of freestyle. It also features Stephanie Bennett and, of course, two vocals by Dee Robert. Just that song to me is what freestyle should be sounding like right now. Well, Ralph, that about wraps it up for us this week. Until Touch and then you